And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. American striker Daryl DK has garnered something of a cult following among fans of the English Championship. Why is that? John Muller explains what the data says about DK's goal-scoring production and why it might not be sustainable. Plus, we take a first look at the U.S. men's national team's upcoming World Cup qualifying window. I'm Alex Abnos, and this is Soccer Every Day for Monday, January 24th. But first, your TV guide for today, as usual, all times are Eastern. As mentioned at the top, it's the international break, so there actually isn't too terribly much happening in the top divisions. There is, of course, the Africa Cup of Nations, which continues with two round of 16 games today. Guinea vs. Gambia at 11am and Cameroon vs. Comoros at 2pm. You can listen to yesterday's episode with Carl Anka for more on the Africa Cup of Nations. Just know that you'll definitely want to see. If you can only watch one game today, uh, you should watch Comoros and see if they can pull off the opposite against Cameroon. Really one of the best stories in soccer going right now. If you're absolutely desperate for more live soccer in some form or another, there's also the Men's European Futsal Championship. It's always fun to watch something different like that, an indoor version of the game every now and again. Italy versus Slovenia at 11.30 a.m. on ESPN3, and Finland versus Kazakhstan at 2.30 p.m. also on ESPN3. Now for more on Daryl DK and the week ahead, let's head over to John Muller. John Muller, th- thank you for coming on the show again. Uh, I'd like to have you on uh, to identify games that happen uh, during the upcoming week that maybe are overlooked or are interesting from some sort of uh, analytical perspective, which is, of course, how you cover the game for The Athletic UK. However, here, your second appearance, where I was going to have you on to do this, of course, it's an international week, so it's a very slow <laughs> week for, for club soccer in the world. However, there's plenty of international stuff, and you have done a piece this past week uh, of interest to the major- of a lot of our audience, who is from the United States, on Daryl DK and his uh, move to West Brom. Why don't you start us off here, John, just with how you looked at how Daryl DK fits with West Brom and sort of what you found from... Uh, from your analysis. So he's also of a surprising amount of interest to the English audience. I found he's already <laughs> like sort of a cult hero in the championship, which is fascinating to me because like in MLS, you know, it, yeah, he, he got a lot of attention as a rookie for scoring like eight or nine goals. And uh, you know, he's, he's done all right for Orlando, but like nothing that, that would justify like cult hero in England status. And yet sure. there he is in the championship and they are super excited about him at West Brom. I think Steve Madeley, our, our West Brom reporter has already done three different, DK stories in the last week, I think. This he has, um, yeah. Yeah, and and so, you know, I a, a lot of this just boils down to Daryl DK scores goals. And, you know, if you know one thing about Daryl DK, you know that he scores goals, and that's exciting. Uh, West Brom has been one of those teams that, you know, 
they've played well, but they've needed sort of clinical finishing and everybody gets excited when they have a guy that they think is a clinical finisher. And so I worked with Steve on a piece about DK's finishing because, you know, one of the main things, like pretty much the only thing that we've talked about in soccer analytics for the last like decade is expected goals. Right. And one of the main things that you're supposed to take away from expected goals is that finishing skill is like not as big a deal as we think it is. And most shooters, if you give them enough shots, will kind of finish right around average, plus or minus, you know, 10, 20 percent. Uh, right. Certainly not plus 59 percent, which is what Daryl DK has done thus far in his MLS and championship career. He scored 27 goals on 17 expected goals. And if the reason that you're excited about Daryl DK is because you think he's going to keep scoring 27 goals on 17 expected goals, you should not do that. That is a bad idea. <laughs> and that's what I was trying to get across in this article. Well, yeah. So, so did you uncover anything as you were looking at all this that maybe explains why he is able to finish so far, sort of outside expectation, or is this just a is just this just a matter of it of him kind of being on a hot streak and having sort of a read for the game at at this particular moment that he might not have forever because strikers can be streaky. Yeah, you know, everybody wants to identify like what makes somebody you know, that extra five or 10% special. And that certainly could exist in DK's case. The problem is that we just don't have good enough data to like really get into the granular mechanics. We don't even have shot velocity, which I think in Daryl DK's case is probably a pretty important thing to know. Mm. Uh, because if, if you know two things about Daryl DK, one, he scores goals, two, he hits the ball really fucking hard. Can I say that? Can I, okay, sure. he, hits the ball, <laughs> he hits the ball really hard, okay? Uh, and and uh, like opted timestamps in the data don't, capture you know the fractions of a second that a ball takes to get to the goal we don't know how fast the ball is traveling when a shooter shoots it so we can't distinguish somebody who shoots it really hard from somebody who doesn't uh and you know maybe that's making a small difference in in finishing percentages but again the main story that i always want to keep coming back to is like even if somebody is a plus five or plus ten percent finisher they're not a plus 60 percent finisher and so the most important thing is can you get into good shooting positions consistently and that's something that I think that DK has gotten better at over the course of his very young career. But it's not something that he's great at. He doesn't generate an outstanding amount of XGs, roughly average for an MLS striker. And so I think for West Brom, you know, if he's going to keep scoring at the rate that he has, he needs to get into better shooting positions consistently. One thing you pointed out in this piece that I thought was interesting is actually via uh, another analyst, Carlin Car- Carpenter, uh, had, a, had a sort of a map that displayed the different types of chances that DK was able to finish. And it says right here in the graph, uh, from, you know, he finished off of through balls, cutbacks, crosses, progressive passing moves, long balls, corners, free kicks. Like it's just kind of a, kind of a staggering ar- array of situations. Um, do you think that that could carry over uh, to some degree into the championship on a consistent basis with West Rom? Yeah, so this comes from uh, Carlin Carpenter and Jim Moore have been doing a series for American Soccer Analysis called Where Goals Come From, where they break down kind of different types of passes that set up shots. Sure. And I, I did think it was interesting that DK didn't have kind of a, a signature pattern. I would have expected him to, to maybe finish off certain types of passes more than others, and that doesn't really show up in his MLS data. In the championship, however, he's going to be playing a very different style of soccer. Uh, you know, he's playing for Valerian Ishmael, who he played for last year at Barnsley. Uh, They play basically the same way at West Brom, and that way is just kick the ball really high, really far, and then press as hard as you can after it. Uh, It's it's perfect launch and squish style. 
which we talked about last week with the kingdoms of football thing. Uh, DK, I think is, is very, I mean, he's a very physical player, right? He's, he's very physically strong. He's doesn't actually stand out for, uh, his aerial ability, but I mm-hmm. think that he does stand out for just kind of being able to box out and like keep guys out of the way and pull balls down in that way. And that's very useful for West Brom style. Uh, so I, I, I think that, you know, maybe we don't expect him to finish a lot of shots with his head, but we do expect him to be able to pull down a lot of balls to kind of hold up play and and let West Brom run up and squish after they launch the ball. And that's that's something that he brings to the table for um, Ishmael team. Well, as I mentioned uh, at the start of the of this segment, uh, I usually well, was planning on relying on you to sort of identify some interesting games. Uh, as we said, it's an international break, so there, it's not, there are not a lot of club games, but there are a lot of international games. Among them, the U.S. men's national team returns to World Cup qualifying this week on Thursday with a game against El Salvador in beautiful Columbus, Ohio at Lower.com Field. They wonderfully name Lower.com Field. I'm just never going to get used to saying that and making it feel normal. It's just not going to happen. Um, John, when the roster, as we're recording this, has literally just come out for the U.S. men's national team, uh, it'll be largely the same by the time our listeners are hearing this on Monday, I would assume, yep. barring injury or anything like that. What stands out to you uh, on this group, having just sort of looked through it, and what are you expecting to see from Greg Berhalter's side against El Salvador? Yeah, I mean, we're mostly at a point with Berhalter where there aren't too many surprises. He's, he's a pretty predictable guy. Uh, but the two yeah. that kind of jumped out at me were Luca De La Torre is showing up in midfield from uh, Heracles in the Netherlands and Gabriel Salonina, who's how old is he now? 17? 17. Uh, yeah. yeah. With with the Chicago fires in as our four string goalkeeper. And, you know, with Salonina, I don't, I don't think that that means that he's going to play. Uh, I don't think that it means that we're trying to like cap him because he's a dual national. It's just bring him in with the guys and, and get him used to it. Cause it's pretty remarkable. If you're starting in a top flight anywhere as a goalkeeper at 17 years old, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Luca De La Torre is a guy who I, I honestly don't know that much about. I haven't followed him as closely as a lot of USMNT obsessives have. Uh, I do know that there's a coterie of USMNT obsessives who are very excited to see what this guy can bring to the midfield. And I do think that the United States national team has a lot of, of depth problems in midfield. So I'm, I'm curious to see what it brings to the table. Well, it'll certainly be interesting to see how it all comes together in an actual starting lineup against El Salvador. Uh, we, will, of course, have Paul Tenorio and Sam Stasco on the ground there for that game and all the ones coming up. Uh, but until then, and until next week when Club Ball starts up again, John Muller, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. Talk to you next week. Soccer Every Day is produced by Mike Zimmerman with help from John Hayes. You can get ad-free versions of the show by subscribing to The Athletic and listening on our app. And you can get 33% off a year's subscription by going to theathletic.com slash soccer every day. Thanks so much for listening again and happy soccer to you all. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.